My wife and I always feel right at home. We've never been treated better. We've never been treated better anywhere, and uh, we always look forward to it, and it is joy to worship with you today. And I want you to know that I appreciate you and love you, and I keep you in my prayers, and I'm thankful for this church and your testimony and witness uh, in this community. Now, I do think y'all are reaching to the bottom of the barrel when you invite Randy McFerrin to preach. Then I heard Alan Dotson had been here last week, so boy, y'all are really gluttons for punishment when you got Alan and uh, Brother Randy. But uh, no, I do love Alan dearly, and I'm so glad that uh, he'll be speaking here some. And uh, he uh, is a wonderful, wonderful servant of the Lord. And In fact, when I grow up, I want to be just like him. Amen? Amen. Well, tonight, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to return to chapter 14, but this time we're going to be looking at some verses, the passage preceding uh, where we looked at this morning. That's Matthew chapter 14. We'll begin in verse 13, and I'll be reading uh, down through verse 21. You'll recognize this miracle. This uh, probably is one of the most popular and familiar miracles in all the life of Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus took five loaves to uh, two fishes and fed 5,000 people. And this is the only miracle of all the miracles Jesus performed. It's the only one that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. And each particular Gospel writer likes to give a different angle or perspective on this miracle. And I believe that Matthew, when he gives us this miracle, is thinking about how it affected the disciples of the Lord Jesus. And so it is a blessing to us and will encourage us in our walk with God because there's some things that we certainly need to know as we grow in our faith, things that we need to know about our Lord that help us uh, in our walk with Him. And I want to share those things with you tonight. So Matthew chapter 14, beginning verse 13, the Bible says, When Jesus heard of it, He departed thence by ship into a desert place apart, And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed, he and brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the, of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full, and they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside the women and children. Let's pray together. And Lord, we're so grateful, Father, for this miracle, and we're so thankful for the lessons learned from it, and we rejoiced tonight, Lord, in our Savior, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who can do all things who can take a few loaves and fishes and feed 5,000 people. And Lord, we know that you'll certainly supply our needs tonight 
And we just thank you and we pray all this in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You know, I hang around a lot of preachers and I hear a lot of preacher stories. One of them was uh, about this particular grandmother who was going to, she decided to send a Christmas gift to her grandchildren. She had five grandchildren and she decided to, uh, this particular year, instead of buying them gifts, she's going to write them a check. And so she's going to include a little note in there. And in the note, it just said, I love you. And then P.S., buy your own Christmas gift. Well, she mailed the uh, letters out. And uh, then in January, she was looking through her desk. And she found out that she forgot to send the check. So all they got was a note that said, I love you. Buy your own Christmas present. Uh, You know, sometimes we may feel a little bit left out. And I was thinking about that particular thing. And... And uh, I realized that as God's children, he never forgets to put the check in the mail. Amen. He always takes care. He's a faithful Savior, and he always meets our needs and helps us with everything. that we, In fact, he's the source of every single blessing that comes into our lives. Every good thing that comes into your life comes from God, and uh, he only gives good things. And so uh, tonight, as we look at this passage... There's some things about our Savior that stand out to me. And first of all, I want to call attention to the fact that Jesus cares about you. He really does. He cares about you. So go back in verse 13 and look. And the Bible says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed into a ship into a desert place. And and when the people heard of it, they followed him on foot out of the cities. So here comes all these people. And Jesus went forth, verse 14, and saw a great multitude... And was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Now the Bible makes note of the fact that Jesus was moved with compassion on them. And sometimes we overlook this truth in God's Word. But this is part of the wonderful gospel message to know that God cares about us. He loves us like nobody loves us. And uh, all through the Scripture we have reminders of the love of the Savior and the compassion of the Lord Jesus when it comes to His people. I also believe this stands to reason that this is an example, a model to God's people how we ought to treat others. Friend, we ought to care about people because Jesus cares about people. People ought to matter to us because they matter to Him. And because Jesus loves us and because He loves people, then the church ought to be the hands and feet of Jesus And we truly ought to care and want to minister to others in regards to their needs. Do you understand that there are a lot of people here who are following Jesus, who really uh, aren't really that serious about the Lord. In fact, uh, there are those who are following Him because they love the miracles. They've only gathered around to see what miracle He's going to perform next. And so they're really not that concerned about the truth that Jesus is giving them as they are caught up in all of the hype of what Jesus can do. They've never seen anybody do what Jesus did. And so He even loves them. He even loves those who made a shallow response to Him. You know, the Bible teaches in the uh, parable of the sower and the seed, that there are four responses to the gospel. You remember what they were? You remember there are those where the gospel seed was sown on that hard path, that heart, which represented that hard heart. And then there was that seed that was sown among 
uh, the thorns where the thorns would grow up and the cares of this world would choke it out. And then there was the good soil, of course. But then the other one, the, the Bible says that the seed didn't go very far uh, beneath the soil. It was shallow. Uh, and uh, there was a layer of rock beneath the soil that prevented it from going very deep. And there are some people who make an emotional response to Jesus who are just like that soil. They don't make a genuine profession of faith, but it's more of a mo- an emotional and shallow commitment to follow Him. And there are a lot of people here on the day of this miracle who had gathered who were certainly making that kind of a commitment. But yet Jesus loves even them. And so sometimes when we're ministering to people, we want to look at people and think of who deserves our help or who is worthy of our help or our compassion. But the truth of the matter is none of us deserve the love of God. And God loves all of us in spite of who we are. And he had compassion on every individual who was gathered there that day. But then there's a second truth. There's a second truth. Not only does Jesus care about us, but also the Bible shows that Jesus supplies our needs. He supplies our needs. He met the needs of the people there. Now the disciples didn't think that they could meet the needs. In fact, they were correct. They could not meet the needs of the people. But Jesus is able to meet our needs. Do you know that a lot of times Jesus uh, will meet the needs of others by using us to meet their needs? In fact, He will give to us, but He will also give through us. Amen? He will minister to others through us. And so Jesus meets the needs of others. And He meets our needs. And so the Scripture says that here, when they came to Jesus, and He said, He said, they need not depart, give you them to eat. So Jesus was telling these disciples that it was going to be them. They were going to be the instruments that were going to be God's servants to go and to serve the people. He was going to be the supply but they were going to fulfill the work. And that's true in our lives as well. God uses us. God has called us to be uh, His servants, to be the avenue in which He works through us to help others. You know, just this morning, I'll be very discreet in how I talk about this experience, but just this morning I became aware of a need in someone's life, in a preacher's life. Uh, a pa- precious pastor and his wife and a young family. And uh, because of illness and other things that he's going through. And, and so I, I prayed uh, with this uh, family uh, this morning. And I asked the Lord to supply that need. And then I just asked God for wisdom. And I reached out to a, a couple of friends and just secretly, privately, and asked them, uh, a couple of preachers, pastors I know, and just asked them, Uh, about this need, to pray about this need with me. And don't you know, even this afternoon, God put it on the hearts of His people, and they have been generous to help supply this need. And so, even though I didn't know this was going to come up today, and I knew that the Lord was directing me to preach this passage, but I didn't know that He was actually going to demonstrate it to me on the day of the sermon. But that's the way God works. He works through His 
people. Now, Jesus could have given to the needs of the people directly. He could have handed out the loaves and the fish. But instead, He called the disciples. And He supplied to them so that they could serve others. Now, God doesn't need me. And God doesn't need you. But He permits us and privileges us to be His servants. And friend, He's called us to go out and minister to a world. And He is our supply that everything we need to carry the gospel to others, that Jesus is sufficient for us. And every time we talk to a lost person, we know that Jesus has enough grace and that there's an endless supply of the grace of God that we can share with every lost person that we meet. And He meets the needs of others. Uh, I'm sure our churches are bombarded all across this county with phone calls and people asking for help with this thing or that thing. And you don't know always what to do in certain situations. And you gotta, you got to use wisdom and discernment because there seems to be a group of folks out there that like to take advantage of others. Uh, but, but in doing so, in meeting the needs of others, one of the things that I do is anytime someone brings a need to me, I tell them this, I don't know how, I don't know how God wants to meet this need, but I know that God alone can meet this need in your life. And so let's pray together and let's seek the Lord and we'll ask the Lord to supply because He's the source of every blessing. And then I'm able to remind them the greatest need is a spiritual need because we can help people with the physical needs in life, but then... Listen, after we've given them a hot meal or a roof over their head or clothes on their back, if they die and go to hell, what good is that set of clothes? What good is a new pair of shoes? What good is a, is a food supply if you're going to die lost without Jesus? And friend, everything we do, we ought to do it for the sake of the gospel. And as we have compassion on others, we ought to realize that every miracle in the Bible... I believe illustrates that what Jesus can do in the physical, He can also do in the spiritual. And the greatest need of a person's life is that spiritually we need to be fed. And Jesus Christ is the bread from heaven that satisfies the deepest hunger of a human heart. And friend, that's a bread that I want to take part in. Amen? And share with others. And so... Jesus meets our needs. He's our supply. Over in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And so the Lord supplies to us so that we can supply to others. He comforts us so that we can comfort others. He meets our needs so that we can help others. He provides resources and everything that uh, we need in order to minister to others. So Jesus, Jesus meets our needs. He gives to us. But he also gives through us. Now these ladies and gentlemen had never seen a miracle 
like what Jesus performed here. He, his miracle was greater than that of any of the prophets of the Bible. In fact, when you study some of the greatest miracle-working prophets of the Bible, you uh, are introduced to people like Elijah, who uh, performed a lot of miracles, and then Elisha, who also was a great prophet of God. But the miracles they performed did not compare to what Jesus did. His miracles stood out above that of every Old Testament prophet. Because there's something different about Jesus. He's greater than all the prophets throughout the Scripture. He is the very Son of God. And He came to be the new Moses to the people. They remembered Moses and what Moses had done and how Moses was used by God and how they had manna in the wilderness. But Jesus would come and give them bread that would last forever. See, that manna became molded bread, didn't it? That manna had a shelf life. But the Lord Jesus has no shelf life. He is bread from heaven and He is the bread that lasts forever. So they, they understood that He came to meet the needs of the people. He was going to give to them. He was going to give through them. Now, can you imagine as these disciples came to the Lord and the miracle uh, was taking place, and I don't know if it happened quickly or if it happened slowly, exactly how the details of how this, bre- this bread and, and these fish were provided to the disciples, but it was supplied to them from our Lord and how they became the instruments to go out and to give to others. And don't you know it was a great blessing to them? It was a great blessing to these men to serve the Lord. In fact, notice this with me. The Bible says that in verse 20, they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. So there was leftovers. And so the disciples had 12 baskets full. So they had a greater blessing. They had a greater blessing. Those that had been used of God who served God and were the ministers of Jesus Christ. And isn't that true in our lives as well? As we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it a greater blessing to us? Aren't we ministered to when we Isn't it fulfilling to to obey the Lord and to minister and to be the Lord's servant? I was talking to a pastor this afternoon. I said, how did it go this morning? He said, Brother Randy, it went well. It went well. He said, boy, heaven heaven just came down. He said, it was a blessed service. He said, even my wife liked the sermon. Amen. I said, man, that's great. Your wife liked it. It must have been a good sermon. And then I made the comment. I said, Isn't it fulfilling when you serve the Lord, preacher? And don't you get a blessing when you preach the Word of God? And it is. It's a blessing when you serve the Lord in any capacity. Whether you're a preacher, whatever you do for the Lord, it's always very fulfilling. And these disciples were fulfilled and they were blessed. And folks, I believe that Jesus Christ is the one who provides these blessings to His children And as we are part of the church and part of the kingdom of God, it is a blessing from heaven. You know, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't have to go preach. I get to go 
preach. Uh, it's a blessing to be a child of God and serve the Lord. Now, you may be sitting here tonight, and you may not know anything of the blessings of heaven on your life, because there's never been a day or time or moment in your life when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've not called on that name. Did you know you can be a good person still be a lost person? Did you know there's some people who are even church members who have never truly been saved? They might have walked forward. They might have joined the church. Uh, they, they, maybe they got caught up in the moment. And uh, maybe they did it for the wrong reasons. But uh, they, they might have had religion, but they didn't really have a saving experience with Jesus Christ. And dear friend, tonight is the night that God wants to do a work in your heart and bring you to a place where you can truly be saved tonight. Or you may be here tonight, and you may be a servant of the Lord and a Christian, and you love God, but maybe you're just not being faithful to serve God in the places where He's called you to be. And tonight, you know that you need to renew that commitment. Maybe you got tired. Maybe the Scripture says, be not weary and well-doing. Maybe you got a little weary along the way and you backed off a little bit or you cooled off a little bit for the Lord. And friend, now is not the time to cool off or back down. Now is the time to have a red-hot heart for Jesus and to serve God with a fervent heart and a passion like you've never had before. Don't you know these disciples walked away from the hillside that day after seeing what Jesus could do? And don't you know, they must have been ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I mean, they probably got so excited after seeing this miracle, they were fired up for the Lord and they wanted to serve others. And it certainly solidified to them that it's a blessing to serve this Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And aren't you glad you're a child of God tonight? And aren't you glad you're a servant of the Lord? And tonight would be a good time for us to renew our commitment to Him with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this service and you've never been saved, we want to invite you to come and trust Christ into your heart. Or if you're in this service and you're, you are a Christian, but you're not serving faithfully the Lord, as you know He's called you to do, then we invite you to come. And to renew that walk with the Lord. I want to pray with us and for us. And then we'll stand and sing when we do. We invite you to come and make that decision for Jesus Christ. Father, tonight we call on you. The Lord, the God who fed the multitudes. You fed the 5,000 with a few loaves and a few fish. There isn't anything you can't do. And Lord, if you could feed all those people with just a little bit, then we know, Father, you can meet our needs. And you do meet our needs each and every day. You are our supply. And not only do you give to us, but you give through us. And you want us to serve you. And what a blessing and what a joy it is. And this side of heaven, there is nothing better. There is nothing that is more of a blessing, Lord, than to serve you and to be faithful to share this gospel message with a lost and dying world. Lord, we thank you. You don't need us, but we thank you that you allow us to serve as part of your kingdom, as part of the family of God. We thank you in Jesus' name, and amen. Will you stand with us prayerfully and reverently tonight?